You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Ephesians 5, get your Bibles open back there if you will. Ephesians 5. everybody have a great week? Okay. Something else. Did you have a good breakfast this morning? <laughs> Anything good this week for you? So I, I'm trusting you had a great week. Here's another big question for you. How was the ride to church this morning? Did it go pretty good? Conversation go well? Um, it is amazing to me how, yeah, the old devil likes to sometimes jump in the car at the same time we do. It's just amazing how that happens. Taps, taps us on the shoulder and wants to have a little part in what's being talked about. Um, it, if the kids are going to act up, if there's going to be something that's frustrating, it seems to be more often than not on the way to church or five minutes before you're supposed to get in the car. Uh, something happens, baby blew a diaper out or um, that, that is, that's pretty common um, food wouldn't stay down so-and-so got upset with so-and-so let's say who the so-and-sos are but we're talking about parents here today but um, yeah that, that can happen quite a little bit I, I'm, I'm um, curious if we could sit down together I, I've, I've counseled with a lot of couples over the years lots and and it's been an enjoyable time for me. But every marriage has its struggles in one way or another. Every marriage does. It's just There's some um, difficulties that are going to meet you at different times. There's going to be um, times in your marriage that are harder than other times. Um, some marriages seem to cycle, uh, you know, high points and then some real low points. And some wish we could just kind of, you know, level off. Why can't we just level off? And it seems like we're always either here or here. And, and uh, it's amazing to me as I'm going through in um, the book of Ephesians how many times God just brings up life that we are all going to go through. Um, and we all are going to go through life. And it, it, I love the way God brings it out. It's like this passage or this book, I should say this book, was written for church people and what church people are going to, to go through as they live their lives. And he's touched on some pretty big ones already, and it's been, um, it's been very, uh, very good for me. It's been uh, refreshing. It's been very helpful. And if you'll let God get into your mind and your heart, it's amazing how God can change things in your life. Amazing in a tremendous way. And that's true with uh, the subject that God brings us right down into again here this morning. So um, let me just mention this and say the title to the message this morning is, um, is this. Spirit-filled submission makes good marriages. Spirit-filled submission makes good marriages. Ephesians 5, I want you to get there with me. We're going to start there in um, 21. We've talked about verse 18 talks about being filled with the Spirit. Very critical for you to get this. Verse 18, 
highlights what's going to be said after this. But be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And right after that, he begins to tell us all the things that will happen in a person's life if you are truly filled with the Spirit. I will say this as well. Some people feel like to be filled with the Spirit, that's those super saints. That's those Christians that never have problems in their life. That's that family that comes all the time. You can tell they're godly. They love the Lord. Nothing goes wrong in their family. Everything's so good with them, those Spirit-filled Christians. But I could really never, ever be one of those. Just listen to this. If you're saved, anybody can be filled with the Spirit. And what it takes to be filled with the Spirit is not to be filled with you. So number one is just to confess. Do I have any sin in my life today? God, open, honest confession. This is who I am. I've done this and that. You know it. I'm making a confession. God, help me to live right today. And, uh, and then to surrender. Make an honest confession to clean out what may be wrong and then surrender who you are. Just say, God, I may not be much. I don't feel like much in my life. But here I am, God. Would you just take all that this is? All I got. By the way, that's all he wants. He doesn't ask anything more of you than what you have. And just say, God, here I am. This is what I've got. Would you take and use me today? Boom. Spirit of God comes rushing into your life. He's already there. You're never going to get more of the Spirit of God than you already have. It's just, does he have more of you? And it's when you die. It's when you empty yourself of yourself and say, this is your life. Take control. Spirit of God begins to lead. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. God's Spirit leading your life. And when God leads your life, the Bible begins to tell how it'll affect our, our song. He's put a new song in my mouth. And we'll sing the songs that we get to sing uh, and praise the Lord. It's just a harmonious time between us and God. He taught us that we'll thank Him. We'll have a spirit of thanksgiving. Ken mentioned it a while ago. And in everything we will give thanks. Something else that uh, will take place when I am spirit-filled is in verse 21. And we're going to read through the rest of the chapter this morning. I've got a lot of things I really want to get through in the book of Ephesians. So um, without doubt, this will probably be the most set of verses I will have read. But please stay with me in every verse. Here we go. Here's something else that will happen if I'm spirit-filled. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then he gets real specific. This morning in Sunday school, we talked about the prayer of Jabez, and it was like in the list of a set of names, genealogies, that some may say was kind of boring, maybe, when I get to the genealogies. But it's like when God got to the man Jabez, you know, on your phone, you can take that on a picture and just kind of enlarge that picture. It's like God just enlarged Jabez's life and took us away just from his name and brought us right down into his life. And showed us one of the prayers that Jabez prayed. He enlarged his life. That's what God does with the subject of submission. In verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, has anybody ever said, well, what does that look like? About something someone just said to you? Well, what's that look like? Now, I'm not used to that little phrase. And it took me a while to catch up with what people meant by that. What's that look like? Or, or and, and I've come to understand, they mean, well, if that is happening in my life, what would that be looking like as I am, like, as I am performing those things in my life? So if I'm submitting myself, uh, if we are submitting ourselves one to another, God takes his fingers in the life of the Christian, puts it on 
two places in our life and enlarges it like this and shows us some very specific areas. He enlarges portions of our life to show us what that looks like in certain parts of our life. First one is in our marriages. Look at verse uh, 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Every husband has that verse memorized. That's one of the three verses in the Bible he has memorized. He can quote it from memory. Yeah, buddy. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the, oh, here's the second one they have memorized. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. There's a lot that can be said about all of this. I have so little time for one message like this, but I'll do the best to share these thoughts, all right? Verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Well, that was how many verses for the wife? One, two, three. They took a whole lot more for the husband. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. God knew we could be clean if he would make a sacrifice. God knew we could be better if I was willing, if he was willing to make the sacrifice for us. That's what that's saying. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Wow, that's a big deal happening for the church or his, his people. How did that happen? How did the church get so much better? Jesus sacrificed. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they, shall, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, it's interesting how he caps off this chapter, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. All right, let's have prayer. And Lord, we're grateful to be in the Word of God and in the house of God, and so we turn our hearts to that God and just say, help. God, as a pastor, if there's anything that I've ever seen under attack here in America, it certainly has been the family. And I've seen the brokenness, and I've seen how Satan loves to jump in the relationship between a loving husband and wife and turn something that started off so good into something so sour. But I know that you've given to us a pattern, Lord, to put a foundation under the feet of our marriages, to strengthen and establish the Christian home, and to make it everything that God wants it to be. So, Lord, could we all right now just willingly lay our life down and just ask God to take it up and you use us 
You shape us. Fill us with your spirit. God, I'm just asking, would you help our marriages to be stronger as a result of the studying of your word today and reading what you've said? And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I would just say this this morning. I Honestly, I, I don't know how your marriage is doing. I don't know how your relationship is. I, I get to shake your hand and you smile when you come in and, and it's, it seems like it's a blessing. And, a, and if I would have to guess, it would seem like, man, things are going really good in that home. And I, I wonder if some folks would say, well, preacher, should have, uh, should have been at the house last night or this last week or you should know what goes on. Well, let me just tell you, good news, God does know. And God was there and is with us all the time. And God knows the way he wants marriage to be and what it really can be like. That you can be genuinely happy uh, in marriage. Things can go very well. Uh, So I've got a lot to say this morning. And I hope I don't sound like I'm rushing through. But please listen carefully and, uh, and, and give me your heart, if you would, this morning. Let me just say, number one, good relationships begin with mutual submission. A good relationship begins with mutual submission. If it's a boss and an employee, uh, that means that the, the, the employee is given everything he can to make things good for the boss. And the boss, is he supposed to submit to me? Well, I, I think verse 21 says that, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Uh, While it's very clear in verse 22, the wives are to submit to their husbands, it told us before we ever got to that verse that I'm supposed to also submit to you. What does that mean? Well, who's doing the leading if everybody's doing the submitting? Well, here's what it means. There is leadership in in the home. There's got to be or you don't have structure and things are in the midst of falling apart. It just means that the husband submitting to his wife just means he's doing everything he can to help her be the best she can be for the Lord. And she's doing everything she can do to help the husband become everything that he can be for the Lord. I know life is rough. I know it's hard. I know when the rubber meets the road and you're really in the home and and again, we're driving down the road or we're, you know, you're sitting in the house and life gets really hard. I know it, it seems like these things are a bunch of fluff and that this could never really be our home, but it can be and it should be with everybody. When, when the husband and wife are truly yielded to each other and submitting, the husband is fulfilling his role. That doesn't mean he's not leading. And the wife is fulfilling her role as a wife. Uh, doesn't mean she's not trying to submit and follow. It just means both are willing to try to do the best they can to see those people, the person they're living with, be the best they can be for the Lord. That's what it means to submit one to another. Good relationships begin with mutual submission. Uh, The word submission by definition means the act of yielding to some power or authority. Now right away that sends the hackles up on some people's backs because somebody has mismanaged their authority in your life. They didn't know what it meant to lead you in a godly way and they took advantage of you. And, and you know that, and it's real tender in your heart, and consequently to hear uh, somebody say, well, you need to be in submission and yield to power and authority kicks up old fears and hurts. But I'm saying this in a godly way. It's just you understanding that I, I yield to whoever the authority is in my life. It's a willingness to say yes to self-sacrifice. I'm willing to die to who I am and what my wishes and desires are, and, and I'm willing to say no to self-indulgence. 
Um, look back to, we're in chapter 5, look at verse 2, and God gives you the pattern right here. Uh, 5 and verse 2 says, and walk in love. Notice what he says this, uh, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. That's what submission looks like. It's me dying to who I am and my, my desires and a willingness to say, God, how am I to be used today? And in the structure of a marriage, it's how can I be the best a spouse that I can be for the Lord's sake today. It's the opposite of being self, or, or, or the opposite of being self-sacrificing is self-centeredness. It's all about being selfish and getting my needs met. And when you don't meet my needs, I'm upset. And it becomes very obvious, especially in the structure of a home. Society today is always trying to get us to push ourselves to the forefront. It's all about you. You need to take care of yourself, whether it's the husband or the wife or the children or whatever it be. You know, make sure you do everything you can to bring yourself up to the front. That's the opposite of what the Word of God teaches for us. Humility is freedom from ourselves. Hope you get that. It's not the crowning of ourselves where I'm king of my home or of my situation. Humility is freedom from me having to be a certain way so that I can be happy. Another way of defining submission is like this, uh, to get in line. Y'all are sitting in church today, so I'm assuming driving on the road you did pretty good. How'd everybody else do? Submission is getting in line. When I'm driving down the road, there's little stripes on the road. And I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but that means you're supposed to stay between those lines. I've driven with some people that don't even see the lines. And, uh, and I, I remember in particular turning off of Minnesota Avenue to head east onto 11th Street. And I, I remember I turned off of there, and I think there's three lanes there. It goes down alongside the YM, YMCA along there. And, uh, and I turned, and I'm in, the, see, I'm, in, I'm in the middle lane, and there's a set of uh, a car full of old ladies in the, in the car right next to me. Now, uh, I was probably 50-something then, and, and they were probably 60-something then. Now I'm 60-something, and, but back then they were old. And, uh, and I, I turned and looked over at them, and, and you won't believe this, but they were doing this. I mean, it was going 90 miles an hour. I thought, that's kind of cute until the one driving um, started coming over into my lane, and I was already in that lane. And uh, so I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just going to scoot over just a little bit. She comes right into my lane. Well, she also wanted the third lane as well. And I was now in the third lane, and I am like, I am trying to get as far over. I'm pulled over and get into a parking spot as fast as I can. And they went on down the third lane just like this, happy as could be. <laughs> I love that uh, story about the two old ladies driving down the road and, and, um, and the one in the passenger seat looked up and, and she saw her friend driving, went right through a red light. She's like, oh my goodness. And she, next time, went right through another red light. And the third time she saw the light coming and she's, I'm watching to make sure of this. And the third light goes right through the red light. Cars are screeching and everything. She looks over and said, Mildred, do you know that you have run the last three red lights? Oh, am I the one driving? I thought she thought you were doing the driving. That's a little scary. What's scary about that is this, guys. When people don't know how to stay in their lines, it gets a little scary, doesn't it? It's really bad when it's in a marriage. That's really tough. 
Submission means knowing how to stay in line and to know where your lines are. And this is where I'm, you know, these guys in the Olympics, uh, and when they're, they're running in the track, they got to stay certain times, they got to stay in, in, within a certain line or they, uh, or they foul, or, it's, or is that the skaters that are, are doing that? You got to stay in, in line. And another word for submitting is that I'm willing to line up where I'm supposed to be. And if I'm in the place where I'm supposed to be and they're in the place where they're supposed to be running their race and serving in the way, and it, when it's a marriage, when a husband's in, in line and a wife is in line where they're supposed to be, life is really good, but when everybody thinks there's no lines and that they're going to determine which way things need to go, there's a lot of bumping that goes on and things get really, really rough. Would you agree with me? I think we could all say a feeble little amen to that. That happens when couples just determine this is the way I think it needs to go. So unless we get the motive right for why we want to even do this in the first place, uh, uh, we'll never get the submission right. Submit, look at verse 21 again, back 5 and verse 21. It said, submitting yourselves one to another, you see that last little phrase there, in the fear of God. That is monumental to everything we're going to say today. What I do has got to be done in the fear of God or for God because he's done so much for me. I mean, he's given his life for me. Uh, He's done things that nobody else could ever do. I mean, Jesus was broken so that our broken lives could be restored. Do we understand that? And because my life was falling apart, uh, God came down and, and, and allowed his body to be given for me so that I could get all put back together and life could be good. And when, when I understand that, and he gives me now direction for my life and now more specifically for my marriage, then I understand if somebody was willing to lay their life down so that my life could be put back together, then surely if I follow him within the structure of marriage, things can get really good in my marriage. They can be right. We can be happy. Uh, within the structure of the home. Now, Paul is going to apply this submission in three different areas as we work our way through um, chapter 6, uh, 5, and 6. And you're going to see some things that he lays out, three ways we're supposed to submit. The first one we're going through today is marriage, and then parenting, and then in the workplace. Um, we all have to, got, we've all got to learn how to yield and submit one to another in every area of our life. You know, guys, you know what an orchestra is? An orchestra is where a lot of individuals are playing different instruments, and they agree together that we'll play together, and that we'll be in harmony together. And what happens with an orchestra, they lose their, they might lose their individuality, but they don't lose their identity. So it's a willingness to lose my identity. All the eyes are not necessarily on me. Now they're looking at the whole group. That's losing your individuality. But your identity is you're still a violinist. You're you're still, you know, what do they call the saxophonist? And and, uh, what was it when I was in the orchestra? Oh, the kazooist. Um, Yeah, that's what was my position. I played the kazoo in the orchestra. But when everybody is willing to... Uh, to blend together, it's saying, I don't need to be seen. I don't have to be the one that is prominent. What becomes so good, please don't miss this, is the music that is played when everybody is working and blending together. 
And what's so beautiful about a real Christian home is when everybody understands, I don't, I don't lose my identity. Uh, I'm the husband, you may be the wife, they're the children in the home. You don't lose that identity, but you lose your individuality. It cannot be just about you, husband, in the home. And it cannot, cannot be just about the wife in the home. You're working together. It's an orchestra and the piece of music that comes out of a good, godly Christian home is beautiful. It really is. And it can be that way. So let, let me take the first, the first person that God deals with in the marriage here, and it's the wife. So um, the wife is to submit to her husband. Look in verse 22 again. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I'm going to trust, ladies, that you've taken everything that I've said already this morning, preparatory to what I'm saying right now, and are understanding that when I've yielded, and when I'm really biblically submitting, that we're to be the wife in submission to a husband is just being willing to play my part in the orchestra. It's my part in the piece of music that's going to be very beautiful. This is not me knuckling under and being the doormat of the home. That's not what this is all about. So for a wife to submit to a husband and the husband is submitting to his wife, it, it creates such harmony in the home. Um, hold your place here in Ephesians. Would you go back to 1 Corinthians 11 with me for just a quick minute? 1 Corinthians 11, to the left, uh, just a few books. 1 Corinthians 11, and could you say a little amen when you get there? 1 Corinthians 11, amen? Now drop down into verse 3, and here's the stripes on the road. This is the way God has painted it. He says in verse 3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now you can flip back over there to Ephesians, and God dealt with the man and showed that he is the head of the wife, he's the head of the home, he's the one that will give an answer for how things went in the home. God is not going to pull the wife up front and ask her, you know, why did things go this way in your house and at your home? God's going to come to the husband. Men, you're the head. You're the one that will give an account for your home. Uh, so uh, again, God has given the order of authority here, or you could say, here's where God is painting the stripes on the road. And if we'll, you know, learn that this is where the husband is to be and, and this is where the, the wife is supposed to be and you're not cutting everybody off on the lanes of the highway, then this structure of your home can be set up, at least set up right. God is showing us here that the man is supposed to be in submission to God and the wife submits to her husband. Doesn't mean that the wife is not someone submitting to God as well. That is obvious. You're supposed to do that. But here's the husband submitting uh, to God. The wife submits to her husband. And this is supposed to be wives uh, as unto the Lord, which means as you submit to your husband, ultimately what you're doing is submitting to God. When a wife submits to the leadership of a husband, it's as if you're submitting to the leadership of God. 
do we understand that? Can I just speak for the wives real quick? Oh, but preacher, my husband doesn't act like God. <laughs> and, and, and I don't mind that, that I'm ultimately submitting to God, but between God and me is this thing called man. <laughs> and he doesn't act like I think he ought to be acting, and you're telling me I, I'm supposed to be submitting to somebody like that. Um, well, ladies, let me just say a few things. As the husband tries to provide leadership and direction for the home, the wife is supposed to help her husband out. The Bible calls you a help meet. And if I could just say this honestly, I, I, I'm not even joking when I say I, I'm the husband, but I'm, I cry for help in my home. And my wife is a tremendous help to me. I heard the story, one wife called to her husband. He's sitting in there on the couch, you know, faithfully working the uh, controls. And uh, she calls into the, uh, the living room, honey, uh, do you want dinner? And he hollers back, sure, dear, what are my choices? And she hollers back, uh, yes and no. Mm, okay, I got the point. But honestly, a wife is supposed to help meet the needs of the husband. How many wives would just say a little amen that husbands need help? Sure, we do. You are to follow your husband as he is following the Lord. And he's not perfect. I'll let you say amen there. He's not perfect. But an understanding that you aren't either will go a long way toward your being patient with him. A spirit-filled wife will do everything she can to be the helpmeet in her marriage. Um, ladies, I can't tell you what it means for my wife. We'll, we'll get in the car, we'll be heading down the road to come to church, or we'll be last-minute things to get ready to, to go out the door uh, to come to church. And she'll just say to me, uh, honey, I prayed for you today. How are you doing? Said, I'm doing okay. I really prayed for you to have good liberty and you could think clearly and so forth. And, I, and I'm like, thanks. i got to tell you, that means so much to know my wife prays for me. Ladies, pray for your husband. You're a helpmeet. If he's not everything he should be, and he's not, none of us really are, but would you pray for us that we could come to that place? And would you just ask God, <clears throat> a great big God, who knows how to get into the heart of stubborn men and turn things? If, if the hand of the Lord turns the heart of the king, uh, whithersoever he will, like the rivers of water, then God can change the heart of a husband. He really can. And I'm asking, uh, and your husbands would love to know that you are doing what you can to try to be a help to him. Genesis calls you the help meet, which means help him fit his role in life. We need your prayers. We need your help. Um, I will just put it this way. Wives, be the greatest cheerleader that your husband has. Because if you're not, please hear this. There's somebody out there who will. Pray for your husband. Always be his encourager. Submit to his leadership. Number, th number three this morning. Boy, a lot to say in one last point here. The husband. So the, God told the wife, submit to her husband. You know what he tells the husband to do toward his wife? Love her. Husbands, love your wives. Look at verse 25. 
Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Those next set of verses after there are just verses to show you how he went about uh, loving his bride, loving his church, loving his people. He, listen, he gave himself so that we could get better. Read those verses. I tried to bring it out while we were reading. He died on the cross so that the, the spot and the wrinkle could be cleared up. He gave himself so that my life from the inside out could be totally different. And Jesus was willing to lay his life down so that his bride, the people that know him as Savior uh, and and within the structure of a a godly church, so that those people could be everything that they uh, uh, can be for the Lord, he lay his life down and died so that we could be what we are supposed to be. And God looks at us, husbands, and says, Now, you love her like I loved you. Wow. That's a pretty big task. Well, she's just not everything she's supposed to be. God could say, neither were you. And neither are you. (laughs) But I was still willing to sacrifice. I was willing to do whatever it took to get you to where you need to be so that you and I can be together forever. So, husbands, if you're going to be a good leader, you have to be a good servant. Please hear that. You've got to be a good servant. Mark 10, 45 For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus taught his own disciples in Mark 9, 35. And he sat down and called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. God is looking for servant leaders in our homes today. Find the ways you can be a help in your house. Find ways that you can be a blessing to your wife. Try to lay your life down. Well, again, if you preacher, <laughs> these things all sound nice and sweet when you're preaching it from the pulpit, but you walk into our house and if you think all this little cute little verses is going to change the life of my wife, well, I will tell you this, maybe the problem might be in the husband realizing what it really means to lay your life down and sacrifice so that you can be what your wife needs to see. Learn to be a servant. Hey guys, let me tell you something else. I'm preaching to myself. Learn to let go of your ego. Being a good leader has nothing to do with being proud, but being a humble man. Pride has to die in our hearts or there will be no room for heaven to be able to move in. People say, man, I I want a home made in heaven. Well, then get rid of who you are. Get rid of that pride if heaven's ever going to be able to move in. (laughs) One man was boasting, you know, he said, I haven't spoken to my wife in 18 months. He's bragging about it. Somebody said, why? He said, I just don't like to interrupt her. (laughs) Got to get rid of the pride, guys. Cannot be proud and cocky and somebody running around feeling like you've got it all together and she's got a lot to get together. D.L. Moody said, God sends no one away empty except for those who are full of themselves. And when you're full of yourself, guys, and we think it's all about us and we're all puffed up in pride and we're trying to get her all straightened out, I'm just telling you things are not going to work so good. That's not what it means to be in your lane. Learn how to be good followers. I thought it was interesting. I was listening this past week to what some people were saying about 
this subject, and they said, West Point puts out more leaders than Harvard does. And when you dig into it to try to find out why, you find out that's because West Point focuses on making soldiers good followers before they ever try to make a leader out of them. That's true. Husbands, you need to follow the leadership qualities of Christ. You need to follow good men that are in your life and, and uh, to know what it means to follow someone, to, to imitate and to find out how they're acting. And, and I can submit to some of these things in my life. Maybe there's things that's got to die about me. Maybe there's things that need to become alive in me. But watch good men and learn how to be a good follower. Husbands, work at showing love to your wife. Work at it. <clears throat> If I could ask us this morning, what do you do to show her that she is a priority to you? What do you do that she's a priority and she knows it? You know, we can all go back to Genesis and see how Adam got a bride. How did Adam get a bride? Well, he had to give a bone to get his wife. But what did Jesus have to do to get a bride? It was a whole lot more than a bone. He gave his life. And for husbands to have a home the way God would want it to be, you're going to have to lay your life down and show her just how much you really do love her. So to the couples here today, can I just say this to us here this morning? Please learn how to add value to your spouse. Look in verse 29. Go back there. Please look at it. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but what does he do? nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the lord the church what are you doing to nourish and cherish uh, the life of your spouse to the husbands toward the wife and the wife to the husband what are you actively doing right now to make your spouse a better person well tell him good morning give him a kiss i'll put the lid on the toothpaste um really i mean What are you doing to sacrifice to make your spouse a better person? Is your spouse a better person because of you? Or do your ways tear them down? And if we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church, we need to be willing to sacrifice anything for her. Just a little bit longer of a message this morning, but can I end it like this and just ask the question, very genuinely, can I ask with this, these words just kind of burning on our hearts here this morning, can I just ask genuinely, how's your marriage doing today? Really? How's your relationships going? How would you say, I'm just just asking, husbands, that you're doing as the kind of husband God demonstrated for us here this morning husbands can we honestly say i I feel like i'm the kind of husband that lays my life down and tries to you know to sacrifice to help my wife be everything that she can be and and wives can you can you honestly say i feel like i'm everything i do i'm I'm trying to build him up i'm i'm trying i i pray for him i i know where his struggles are and i and i know how difficult it is for him and i'm really praying and you know i might even have come to times where i fast and pray for him or him for her has that ever happened in your home and if you're struggling this morning i'm just saying there's some really clear passages here to help every one of us to have the kind of home that god would have 
our homes to be. It can be really good. It really can. It can be really good if we're just willing to make life not about me, just be somebody in the orchestra doing their part with all they have to make beautiful music in our homes. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.